As always, your host, Kate K. McCarthy, and welcome back to another episode of A Braver Brand, the podcast. Um, We are three episodes deep into season two. How have y'all liked the conversations, the episodes so far? Um, I'm so thrilled about what is emerging this season. I'm so excited for all of the conversations to be able to share with you over the next few weeks and months. Um, And today I am thrilled to be sharing with you a conversation that I had with the one and only Kate Boyd of Cobblestone Creative Co. Um, In our conversation, we talk all about what it looks like to transform how we talk about marketing, why it really comes down to your natural relationship building skills, and how you can take the fear and shame out of marketing by reframing the strategies for yourself. Kate is, in my mind, somebody who does business really, really differently, Um, and I am so thrilled to be able to share her story, to have you get your ears on a little bit of her wisdom, and to be able to really amplify her expertise and experience, um, because I think that as heart-driven, wholehearted, soul-centered human beings, sometimes marketing can be really, really challenging for us. And it's people like Kate who allow us to reclaim it for ourselves and to be able to use it for the greater impact that we so dream of as creative. So without further ado, here's Kate Boyd. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. <laughs> Kate and Kate. I feel like like all of my favorite human beings on the internet are like Kates or Katie's or Caitlin's, other than a few, of course. But um, and maybe it's because we were all born at the same time. And we're that pretty was, cool people. Yeah, exactly. That was probably what it is. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you and I. Before I hit record, it was like what has taken us so long to finally meet. Um, because we've been in the same spaces, but I'm so grateful that you've taken time out of your busy day to be here with us. Well, I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. Woo. Um, so for the people who have not heard of you, haven't had a chance to pseudo, uh, you know, virtual stock you online, see all the things that you do. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what has led you here? Sure. So like she said, my name is Kate. I'm Kate Boyd and my company is called Cobblestone Creative Co. And we are essentially a boutique digital marketing agency, but we don't work like other marketing agencies. Um, We essentially focus on discovering how you uniquely build relationships with your clients and customers. And then we take that um, and we create systems um, to help you market that with the right content and strategy to replicate, automate, and accelerate those relationships through online marketing. And so, um, you know, we don't handle things like on a retainer basis, but we have very strategic, um, project like things that we have people with. And so we really just like dig into your business, get into you and, and how you like to work. And then we just turn that into, you know, 
something that works for your business so that you don't have to, or I like to say that you have like more impact with less hustle. So you're not having to chase people down. We can actually put systems around those things that work for you. Um, and let's see, how did I get here? I feel like that's a long story, but in short, (laughs) (laughs) I, um, used to spend my days doing marketing for a nonprofit here in the Dallas area where I live. Um, and then I kind of accidentally started a couple of online businesses I love that. and, um, they grew and they, you know, it came to a point where I had to decide where I wanted to go all in if I wanted to, you know, have a balanced, healthy life as a human being. <laughs> and though that was very challenging, it just became very clear that, um, my businesses were, were where I was being called. So mm-hmm. I stepped out of my job and started doing, um, two of the businesses full time, um, sold one that year cause the other one got big. And then this time last year, um, actually sort of retooled everything, um, because I was doing more like online coaching and consulting, but I really just found that my heart was in the marketing and then actually like getting to pursue some of the creative implementation work Mm. that I missed from my day job and, and the stuff where I just felt like that was the way that I could serve people the best was to actually, you know, not just hand them a plan, um, but to hand them a plan and even take it off their hands because, um, you know, that is a skill set that I have that not everyone does. And that would actually help them go further faster, which I think is what we're all looking for. So that sort of morphed into what cobblestone is now. Oh my goodness. I love that. I also love that we start, we both started in nonprofits and I think that like one, like, um, the nonprofit work is like, it's not easy, you know? Um, but it's such a, a gift to be able to start in that setting. So for yourself, I'm curious, like, because one of the ways that I see you having, like, watched your, like, evolution and um, I don't know when I first saw you, but, like, all of a sudden I just saw you, like, grow these roots and, like, it felt like you're – you knew – you, like, stepped into this greater um, purpose for yourself, right? Like, the when you became Cobblestone Creative <clears throat> Co., it felt like a totally natural transition. Um, how did you recognize that like those were your strengths? Does that make sense? Like how did you, as you decided to step out of that, like how how did that process of naming and claiming and like owning your strengths and then building a business around that work for you? Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't easy. And mm-hmm. I think the answer is probably what everyone would say, right? It's by taking action. It's by doing things that I realized what I did and didn't like to do. Um, and just, I was just realizing, you know, as I was working with people, the stuff that I was getting really excited about or the things that I would do with clients when I got to say like edit their stuff or yeah. read through and, and find myself rewriting half of it Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, Oh, I could just do so much more for people than, you know, and not that like teaching people how to do those things certainly has its place, but that's not what um, I felt most passionate about in the way that I could serve best. And so as I just sort of like kept doing that, you know, and then I floated out a couple of like little like side done for you things mm-hmm. to like some friends or some other people. And the more I did it that, the more I was like, no, this is the thing that I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it just was a total natural fit. I think when I originally left 
um, you know, my nine to five, I think we all just sort of like have those moments where like, well, we should just do the complete opposite of what we were doing because it seems like that's why we left that space. But it actually was more like a homecoming, like back Mm -hmm. to those things. Cause I'm like the weird person in this space who like didn't leave her job because she didn't like it. I actually really loved my job and had, I had time and energy and mental focus to handle all the things that I was doing. I would have stayed much longer, maybe even still there now, you know, two, two years later, but it was just one of those things that, um, so tracing that back and going, Oh, actually this is the stuff that I loved about my job. And this is the stuff that I'm loving doing clients are getting frustrated that they can't do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it just became really natural. And even doing the more of that, you know, I started as doing marketing retainers, you know, cause that's what agencies do. Right. And I was like, no, actually I don't like that either Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it never felt like it ended. Right. Like when you're on retainer, can get thrown anything at any time and it has to be turned around super fast because people have expectations and, you know, it never feels like it's complete. There's always something to do. It's another week. It's another month. It's a number, another whatever. And I am just like a, I like the open and shut feel of a project. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I mean, if we can actually do things in a way that serves people in a project capacity, then um, why not do that? And so now I essentially give people long-term marketing solutions, but with like a short-term commitment for us both, which is really fun. Yeah, that's so exciting. Do you feel like, I mean, there are a couple of things in what you said that I thought were really powerful. One is like, we can take hints from like one, what feels like super exciting that we never thought that we would be excited about. Um, and two, what is like frustrating, right? About the work and continue to pivot and like try things out, like even if it's not an official capacity. I love that you tried stuff out with like your friends. We're like, let's see how this works and continue to like figure out what are like what lights you up, what frustrates you to no end, <laughs> and like how do we create something that actually feels really good. Was that process? Um, did it feel natural and easy? I mean, I don't know if natural and easy have to go together. It could be natural and challenging as well. Um Or did it feel like you were letting go of something painful? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think um, my personality tends towards security. So letting go of things that seemed secure or sure, like letting go of retainers was really hard because it was, I was getting a consistent income every month, Um, you know, and some of those clients were paying me as much as I made in my corporate salary. Yeah. Like, how do I let this go. And it kind of actually happened naturally, which was really funny. Um, as I was like, no, I actually want to work this way. Like slowly my retainer clients were falling off for one reason or another. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. Like (laughs) it's time to just flip the switch. But it is really like, I think it felt like you were saying it was natural. Um, it felt really good in some senses, but to let go of the way that either everyone else does things. So you feel like you need to, and there, so there's that like outside pressure, but even just the internal pressure of like, will I be able to survive? Will I, you know, have to go get a job and, right. and which isn't even like the worst thing. Right. Like I said, I liked my job, but it's like, it feels like an extra level of failure if you do that. And so I didn't want, um, I guess maybe that like self-placed stigma. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it was, so it was both. It was easy and hard all at once. Right. I think that like the best decisions, like the ones that feel truest to us usually are both easy and hard. Like, okay, like spirit, I'm listening to you. Like, I know what you're saying. And also like, oh, I have to let go of this thing that worked and step out and do something new. I know when I like left um, copywriting, when I like officially closed that wing of my business, one, I had to put like sticky notes all over my house that said no more copy projects so that like when I was questioning myself, I wouldn't like accept another project. Um, Just like remember. Um, And also like letting go of something that felt tangible moving into something that feels for me more powerful and totally within my zone of genius. But like, I'm not like delivering something. Um, It felt really, really scary. What do you think? I mean, one of the things that I love about your work is that you work with what I consider to be like really heart driven human beings, right? Where like, um, they are humans who want to help other humans. I think you might even say that on your website because I I read it and I was like, yeah, (laughs) like that's what it is. What do you think makes it so difficult for the clients that you love to work with um, to find marketing that works for them? I think it's a couple of things. And I think most of my clients actually have marketing that works for them, right? They've got clients... And now they're looking to kind of outsource it, but that feels really crazy, right? Because they still are very attached to their people as they should be, right? They really, they take, and what I say on my website is like, you take seriously the humans in your care. And that's very important to me. And, and so something that I love for my people to know is that it's, it's very important they're very important to me. I totally believe that the reason I've had three profitable and successful businesses is because I took great care in nurturing my people and meeting them where they are and providing that really solved problems for them. And so we are going to step in and do those same things. So I think a outsourcing their voice or their art or their dream or their marketing, like that's all very personal. And you know, this as being a copywriter, right? They were very like your words are very personal and I take my words very personally like I would probably I would have be the worst copywriting client for anybody (laughs) because because I'm a copywriter so yeah I think that's very um it's very personal to them too um people also there's like something weird that happens when it feels like you didn't work for the results that you're getting right so when you have a system or when you have somebody do it for you and hand it off to your VA and you don't really have any like work in the marketing that you're doing, except for what you want to do, there's sometimes some guilt around that. So that can be like really hard to actually say, wow, how did I get these calls when I didn't do anything? Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, how did I get this sale when I, I didn't have to get on a phone, on the phone with someone or, you know, they just came in through my email list and it was, you know, that funnel that worked out. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things from there. And I, those are like the main things. They're just really scared that someone is going to like take their stuff and mess it up. Yeah. And then there's that guilt around not having worked for the results that they're seeing. I think, I think that that's huge. I think that like that idea of 
I mean, if we didn't have to work hard and hustle, right? Like it, it somehow feels like we don't deserve something. And I love that idea of like having to sit and be uncomfortable with the fact that like you got this thing without having to hustle for it or work outside of your own zone of genius or whatever it is. I think that that's, I think that's a really powerful place of uncertainty to sit in. Um, and one that makes you like, as you grow your business, like you have to do that, right? Like you have to be able to like give up a certain amount of control um, and not do all the things and just do the things that you're really, really good at. And I love that like it almost feels like you um, both help them with marketing and like step into their CEO hat. Yeah. yeah, it really is that CEO thing, which is really funny because like I think that's where this like online entrepreneurial solopreneur thing has its disadvantage because then we end up holding on to things way longer yes. than somebody than like a big corporation or even yeah. like a startup who has investors and hires people right away, right? Yeah. They are never expecting to do anything themselves. And yeah. yet we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to. Like if we if we have the income to do it and we don't want to or um we know that someone could do it better, like that's exactly what that's for, you know, so that you can actually enjoy more of what you really love. But it can be hard when you're used to doing it all yourself. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to ask you a personal question. For (laughs) yourself, has there been something that you've delegated or outsourced that has felt mighty uncomfortable for you? Ooh, good question. I mean, outsourcing in general is hard for me. <laughs> I'm totally like one of my own people because, um, as I think you have can to be. do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my thing is I've done it. I've done this for so long. I have a background in marketing. Like all this has just always come naturally to me. That it's been really hard, um, to even think about like outsourcing something that I could do myself. So it took me a really long time to get a virtual assistant. Um, I have some people who help with some of my social media strategy and management, and they even do this for my clients sometimes because I don't want to, because I just have to say like, you know what, I could do social media strategy, but I'm so much better on the communication side and the content side that that's where I need to live and I need to give that to other people. Um, one thing I did this year was work with someone to like prepare, you know, a talk, like a keynote or something. And that felt really hard because I like literally used to write things for people like that. And so yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's all of this like growing and stretching because everything that I'm delegating to people, I could technically do myself. Yeah. I have the capability and I do it really well, but it's been a real challenge to even like make myself think about what makes me a better leader or to want to take and take and invest the time and money to train people to do things. Um, so that I can lead by example too, because I can't expect, you know, it's like coaches need coaches. Well, if I'm asking people to delegate to me, then I need to be leading by example that way too. Yeah. And it's tough, especially when you're like a highly capable human being who like you could do it. You could yeah. do it and it'd be fine. Yeah. It would probably be great, but like you have other stuff to do. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for answering that. I know that it's like for myself, there are points in my business when I've like gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, energy wise, time wise, financially, like it is time to delegate. And then I like look at my list of things and I'm like, "Mm, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> what do I delegate? Like, what am I comfortable letting go of? What is somebody else good at? Um, I just recently rebranded and like I'm going through, we're recording this before like the rebrand goes live, but um, I just went through the process of like outsourcing my copy, which like mm-hmm. was like I needed to find somebody that like they knew that this was my baby. You know what I mean? Like please treat yeah. her with care. Um like <laughs> I need to trust that you are going to be able to communicate like what is inside just cuz I couldn't I've rewritten my copy probably I mean since launching my first business, right? Like I've written it four times and I just couldn't wrap my mind around another rewrite. And so I, I had to, like, it was one of those things that like, this was not going to get done if I didn't outsource it. But, oh man, oh man, I was like prying something from like the grips, you know? Um, so it's hard. It's hard. Um, so before we had kind of gotten on and hit record, you were talking about like the next, the next stage of, um, your work and like what it is like to try and since you have you have from what i understand and you can totally correct me you have like a massive framework the conversion with compassion framework which y'all should check out because it is like so beautifully laid out and gives you like a total idea of all of the things that kate supports people with but (laughs) um from what it sounds like is like you do that, but you're also working on helping people to kind of have that framework for themselves. Is that when I'm reading correctly? Yeah. So I've sort of got like, well, up until recently, I've sort of had two levels, right? I have like my high level. I just do all of it for you. Or I've got like my products that give you like the very like baseline how to create and implement these like, so if you're just starting and you just need somewhere to start, this is, these are the systems and the frameworks that I use. And then I customize them for my clients, but this is a great starting point, like for you to gather things. And I was just realizing that like I needed something that felt in between, but I also Mm -hmm. wanted to really start like distilling conversion with compassion to beyond the deliverables that I normally do. Like, what does it look like to think about your business and your marketing through the eyes of this, through the eyes of like relationships and how those are formed. And so it's just sort of been like the last few months, it's been a real challenge, but it's also been like super fun. And you know, when you hit the right thing, you're like, Oh, this is it. And you'll spend like three days, like writing all the things and doing all the things and, um, you know, and boiling that down or even like creating that into like an actual framework that now I can kind of walk people through parts of and then co-create pieces of it with them so that, um, because like, or like there are certain things that I can teach them kind of how to look at things or to gather the right information. But sometimes it's hard to even figure out like how I make the connections that I make in my brain from the information that I have them gather. And so that's kind of like, I've just sort of created a new, what I call it, like an intensive experience, which is like, it's part like course and, and information gathering. So they get sort of a sense of how it works, but then I also come in and, and support them as well. But it's all through like, um, conversion with compassion, which really goes around like nailing down your message, creating your movement, um, you know, simplifying and outlining your money makers. So your offers, 
um, and and then putting like the marketing engines and the mechanics behind it that drive it forward. Mm. And you had you had said too. I mean, like I keep coming back to this idea of relationships, and I think that like the idea of leveraging the natural way that we relate um, in the online space, where everything is about connection, right? And like right. usually humans who are there to serve other humans or want to really make sure that like their people are taken care of, like they're natural connection makers, right? Um, where do you see those natural like ways that we build relationships? How can we see those through the lens of um, marketing for those of us who may not be um, natural, you know, we may not naturally see those patterns or we may not naturally be able to see the things that come naturally as marketing elements. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it really starts with, um, like we're going to go more macro, like how do humans build relationships generally? Like we all have certain things that work that's like universal, but then of course we all have our unique things. So like generally you meet someone, you discover that you have something in common with them. And then like you start hanging out and then you hang out more and more and more over time. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of like deepens that connection and the contact so that your relationship escalates over time. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like commitment is really formed and even identities are shaped to be connected right now. You're my best friend or you're my boyfriend or you're my husband. Right. Um, and then from there, you know, you have the choice and the commitment level, you know, depending on you both, like that the long lasting relationship can grow. Um, and so we see this pattern, like whether it's online or it's in person, these are things that always are at work. Like this is just how humans function. And there are ways that you can accelerate it. Right. And that's like, something like an immersive community experience. So like why you would go away to summer camp and you'd be like BFFs with those people for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Because you were in this like cultivated environment that brought you like, you know, that encapsulated, it's kind of the same thing. Like I feel like a Tony Robbins event, right. Mm -hmm. Does for people now where they like go through this like massive change or like, uh, you know, it's almost like an incubator experience Mm -hmm. where they're out, they're not touching anything else in the world. They're just sort of like in this place and they go through that together. And that's huge. Um, I think we can also accelerate it with more frequent interaction, right? So the more often you see a person, the faster that goes. Um, if you're connected to their friends or their other communities or other people in their network, there's like some inherent trust that's built with those things. Um, or if you go through like a major life event with this person, say, you know, something tragic or something like really, really major life changing thing, um, those tend to accelerate relationships. So there are ways to build that in. And that's kind of why um, I have like those four key things inside the framework, like your message really gives them that one thing to know you by so that that connection becomes really simple and solid in their mind. Um, you know, your movement gives them something bigger to be a part of and it creates a connection to you and to other people so that, um, you know, you're not only connected to their networks, but you're giving them this, like, in essence, an immersive community experience in a lot of ways, you know, depending on how you set that up, um, your money makers. So outlining, like lining up your, offer so that they increase over time or they're all aligned so that you can like 
through someone through these like different life transitions, right? That's sort of what our offers do is they get them past one problem and then another problem and another problem so that we've got like those transitions lined up and we can actually like see where people are and then help them make those changes, but also like be with them long-term and not just look for all those things. And then the marketing engines are like, this is how we meet the people, right? We go out there where they are. We hang out at the right party. We, you know, tell our great stories. We get to know people and we connect. um, And then we connect them to all of those other things. And so that's sort of like, that's the general way. And then we can get into like unique stuff, but no, I love that. A lot of things. No, I think my favorite thing is, is I think that like, So when I work with my clients and I know that like a lot of my colleagues that are creative, soulful, heart-centered, soul-driven human beings, right? Like you hear the word marketing and it's like a four-letter word, right? Like all of a sudden people are like, I don't want to talk about it. Like the idea of putting – like marketing themselves feels like icky and sticky Um, and it's not. I mean like when we break down what marketing actually is – Mm-hmm. It's not actually, but every step of the way, all four of those steps, the message, the movement, the money makers, and then the marketing engines, all of them like feel so human in the way that you describe them. And I think that if we can reframe marketing as just a system of relationship building, intentional relationship building, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard, right? Like I had a friend over for dinner last night and we were talking about like how difficult it is to make friends as an adult. Like yes. it is just <laughs> so true. hard and it is scary and it is vulnerable. And he was saying, you know, it's like if you're dating somebody and you go on a date and they, you know, you don't really like them or they don't really like you, it can be like, well, you know, we just don't work out. But if you try to be friends with somebody and they don't want to be fr- friends with you, it can feel so scary and like I said, vulnerable. Um, And so I think that marketing is by definition going to feel that way a little bit. But when you put it, you put it through the lens of like impact and just connecting with a human being and relationships and then tracking those systems so that you can figure out how you do it best. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that it makes it way more palatable and I'm sure that it does for your clients on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of like part of my life's work, right. Is to just help people like, cause I think when we look at marketing that way, and I also like get on my soapbox about the term visibility. Like I think that's why visibility became a thing mm-hmm. is because people just don't like marketing and visibility makes sense to them. Um, but there's so much more to marketing. If you really get into it, that, you know, it's not just that external being seen. It's really the behind the scenes of, of those relationships. And that's where mm-hmm. I feel like visibility kind of misses the boat is that um, you only sort of get half half the picture. Right? Then you're just talking about your marketing engines and you're missing all this other deep opportunity. And so that's what I love about, I mean, marketing has always just been about like creating um, intentional pathways to what you do. And they're very intentional and designed for just the right people so that you're not having to get on the phone with people that aren't the right people, right? Like it saves you energy. It saves them energy. It saves like all this time, but there's like this drastic reframe that needs to happen 
that marketing is just relationships. We're just doing it in, you know, an intentional and systematized way so that it's easier on both sides. And we're making sure that the people, when they're ready to work with us, have the opportunity, but that they're also like truly ready. And that's, um, you know, it's like, you don't want to propose to someone who's going to say no, that's awkward for both of you. So, you know, and it can really put a damper on the future of any kind of relationship. So you don't want to have that like rejection moment. Um, and if you do, if you fit all of your marketing together in the right way, then you don't have that weirdness. You're only, you're attracting the right people, you're weeding out the ones, and then you're nurturing those people, and then you're converting them, by actually solving their problem and doing something good for them, which is, you know, what we would do in a relationship with the person anyway. Yeah. Oh, you're like preaching to, I don't know, the <laughs> choir. I'm like... I love the idea of reframing what feels like in the industry can be like such like dirty words, you know, that people have a really hard time um, digesting them. And I think you're right. Like I I do think that the idea of visibility, that word was created so that we didn't have to use the word marketing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but roots are grown when when marketing is involved as opposed to just being the outside layer. And I think that um, I love how you reframe it for somebody who like, for me, words are everything, right? Like, and we Mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit, but um, words are so personal and words mean things and they convey an energy and to be able to kind of reclaim the word marketing um, in a human driven way, I think is really, really huge. It's really huge. Um, so I'm curious because this is a braver brand, the podcast. Um, you do, you've done brave things. Well, one, I mean, I think that launching a business for anybody is a brave thing. And I, um, as you've shared your story, like you do brave things and you help your clients to do brave things. What or who makes you feel your bravest? That's a good question. And I think it can be different things at different times. But I think the um, I think there's just like a conviction combined with like a piece that I get from, you know, spending time in, um, you know, with God for me mm-hmm. um, is has been a really great way to ground me to fill me with truth and then like give me the faith that I need to do brave things, even though they're like super scary. Like if not for that, you know, I would probably still be at my job and attempting to run two businesses on the side. That's just what I would be doing because that was the easy path. Um, and it was the nice path, but you know, sometimes you just gotta take leaps and I really needed that like spiritual, um, courage in order to make those. Yeah. For you, okay, this is an an add-on question. You weren't expecting this. Um, (laughs) How do you, I mean, I think that like one of the things that I'm most fascinated with in my own work um, is I love that you mentioned faith because I think that it is whatever your spiritual tradition might be, or if you don't have a like grounded spiritual tradition or whatever. Um, I think that faith, whether it's connected to religion or on its own, is so huge when it comes to 
courage and like having those deep wells of courage. How do you, um, how do you ritualize or maintain that source of faith for yourself? Like, do you have a way that like you tap into that on a regular basis? Yeah. I mean, it's part of like my daily morning routine. So I always, um, I only work in the afternoons. I work from 12 to six cause that's when my brain really works. And so, um, I get to take the whole morning and I get to, you know, work out. And then I sit for about an hour and do what people would normally say is mindset work. So I meditate and then I do, you know, scripture reading and prayer and all those things so that I am try so that I'm filling myself with truth and with, you know, um, you know, as we would say in the Christian tradition, the Holy spirit and, um, really just like connecting and bringing like my needs and my desires and my, even my gratitude, like before, you know, who I believe is the one that fulfills those. And so having that space for myself and taking that time really allows me to like ground my day and to start, um, the right way so that whenever I go into my work, um, you know, that all of that then is an outflow of the time that I spent in the morning pouring in to myself that way. I love it. It's like preventative spiritual medicine. <laughs> yes. I love that. I, I just, I think it's so important to have like a daily care plan for ourselves. And I think that spirituality has to be a pillar of that, whatever that ends up looking like for the human being. Like some people it's like making sure that they get 20 minutes of walking or fresh air. Um, right. And for other people, it's like, um, you know, like you said, like spending time in scripture or prayer or meditation or with a gratitude journal or whatever it is. So thank you for sharing that. Um, before we hop off, I want to make sure that like everyone can find you. Um, follow <laughs> Kate in all the places. Where do you hang out? Where can we find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So my website is cobblestonecreativeco.com. Um, and then on Facebook, you can find me cobblestone creative co on Instagram at cobblestonecreative.co. Um, I have a Facebook group called conversion with compassion that you can hang out in. Um, so yeah, just kind of all the places, all the places. I like that you keep things consistent, makes things easier for me. All of that stuff will be in the show notes as well. Kate, thank you for being here. It was such a huge gift to be able to have this conversation and to be able to like actually, you know, one of my, the big parts of my mission with this podcast is to highlight the humans that I see as doing business differently. Um, and I see you as one of those people. And thank you so much for like breaking down for us how we can do some, like take something that is so natural for so many of us, which is just relationship building and like actually remember mm -hmm. that like we're business owners, we're CEOs. It's totally we my pleasure. Our, yeah. yeah, our marketing. So thank you again. And um, y'all check her out. She's awesome. Thank you so much for listening to A Braver Brand. To find more resources, show notes, and exclusives, head to www.katekmccarthy.com. If you loved this episode, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave a rating and review. Our work relies on listeners like you, and we're grateful each and every time you spread the word. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to us since day one, you know that I am all about Instagram. Come find me at 
Kate K. McCarthy, and then reach out and say hi. I adore you already. Thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. A Braver Brand is produced by me and my slam bang behind the scenes team. Catch you next time.